Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Hi, this is Dr. John Townsend, and you're listening to Life Giver. Hi, this is Taya Kyle, and you're listening to Life Giver. Hey, this is Dr. Les Parrott, and you're listening to Life Giver. Welcome to the Life Giver Podcast. This is Corey Weathers. We are entering into a new series and it is all about deployment. Now, I have been doing this podcast for several years now, I think three years now, and it just occurred to me recently that I've never done a series or a specific episode on deployment. And as soon as I realized that, it was kind of a shame on me moment because this is a military and first responder podcast. And um, I know I had touched on it a couple of different ways and in different moments throughout different episodes, but never did I really focus on that for an entire episode. And so that's what this series is gonna be all about. I'm going to interview Lizanne Lightfoot, who is from theseasonedspouse.com, and she is doing a deployment masterclass. Now, this military spouse is um, married to a Marine, has been through many, many deployments and has definitely entered into a part of her life, a season of her life that um, definitely has earned her the title of a seasoned spouse. Now, if you've listened to previous episodes that I've done, including the one, It Takes a Village, I think, um, it was a while back, maybe a year ago. Um, funny enough, that is what I call our mid, kind of a mid-senior generation of spouses. Those of you who have Um, gone through several different deployments or moved several times or just have gained some experience in this lifestyle. Even if you're a first responder spouse, if you have gone through enough experiences in this lifestyle, you have wisdom to share. And when you have wisdom to share, it makes you more seasoned. And so I think this is a perfect name for Lizanne to um, use for her website and for the movement that she's doing. And so I'm happy to share this interview with her. And I also wanted to let you know that we are ending this season of the Life Giver podcast. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that every fall I go into a sabbatical where I just take some time away and think about what's next for the new year and rest and allow those kind of create that creative part of myself to rest so that I can have new excitement, new motivation to offer you in the next year. So this is going to be the last series of 2018, and I hope hope that you have enjoyed it. It's been a blast. I have so enjoyed all of the interviews. I think the podcast as a whole has just really changed and added such a depth of character to it. I've just really enjoyed this year. And I want to thank you guys for joining with me and for um, just going along for the ride. It's been awesome. I hope that I will come back with an even bigger passion to serve you with some new fresh ideas on episodes. And so in the meantime, I hope that you will go back and maybe re-listen to some episodes, maybe um, catch up on those that you haven't listened to in the past, and maybe even send me an email at info at and let me know what you would like to see 2019 bring. I already know of a couple changes and a couple things that I'm wanting to do in 2019, and I'm really excited about it. And so without further ado, here is my conversation with Lizanne Lightfoot. 
Welcome to another episode of the Life Giver Podcast. This is Corey, and I am about to start a series on deployment. And I was talking with my guest, Lizanne Lightfoot, um, who is launching actually a masterclass for deployment. And we're going to talk all about that today. But I was actually with her talking and actually being interviewed by her for this masterclass when it occurred to me, I have never done an episode or a series specifically about deployment. And I cannot believe I have not done that. I mean, this is a military and first responder podcast, and I've not done a series on deployment. So that's ridiculous. And we are going to do it now. So I am happy to introduce Lizanne Lightfoot to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Corey. I'm happy to be here. And I'm so happy to have inspired you to pursue the topic of deployment. <laughs> right? So much part of our lives that you didn't even think about addressing. <laughs> you know, I think it's been like, I think for like a lot of us as military spouses, military families, deployment is so much kind of part of the conversation. Um, but it's such an important topic for us to cover and talk about and really talk about what does it look like to do deployment well? Because there's definitely doing it well. And then I think we've also had days at least, or maybe even weeks during deployments where we've not done it well. And so um, this has been a huge passion for you. So Lizanne, you are part of the season spouse. You write a lot. I see your name all over the place. And so I know you have a passion for writing as well. And so what I thought I would do is just hand it over to you and just tell us a little bit about you. I know you've just PCS'd. Uh, we were talking about that before we started the interview. Um, and so you are a military spouse. You've been through this and this is a passion that you have. So tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. Um, so I've been married to my husband for 11 years now. We have an anniversary coming up. And we dated for quite a while before that. So I've been with him through his entire 17-year military career as the girlfriend, as the wife, as the mom of the children. And during that time, we've been through seven deployments together. Um, he's Marine Corps. Seven. Seven. I want to make sure everybody heard that. Seven deployments. Yeah, um, which I know is not always the biggest number. You know, I'm not one to play the whole Olympics of who has it harder. Um, but Marine Corps deployments are usually seven to nine months long. And so they do deploy, depending what station they're at, it can be on a more frequent schedule. Um, and he's infantry, so that's just what we've been used to. And honestly, I didn't think anything unusual about it or really anything strange about it until we'd been to about our third third duty station together. No, fourth, sorry. And um, at that point, I started realizing that a lot of people were asking questions or having concerns about things that I had sort of addressed and dealt with a few years earlier or a few deployments earlier. And I thought, you know, that was so hard going through that at that time, somebody should be there to answer questions. Somebody should be there to kind of support military spouses and encourage them and get them through deployment. And I finally decided that somebody should be me. And that was why I started the season spouse blog and writing. And I'm working on a book as well to just try and encourage military spouses through military life challenges. Now, I have a question for you because um, I'm, I'm an Army spouse, you're a Marine spouse. Um, I think that Marine, this is my guess, when I look at other Marine spouses, I'm like, y'all are badasses. Like, <laughs> I feel pretty like legit as an Army spouse, but when I meet a Marine spouse, much less an infantry Marine <laughs> spouse, like this, I, I just wonder, do you guys think that about yourselves? <laughs> or is that just um, not really about Marine mindset. 
I think there's an awful lot of pride in our husband. <laughs> sure. We all think our husbands are the most badass people on the planet. Um, but that doesn't, you know, translate to the spouse. We all kind of have our own lives, do our own things. And we're raising our kids and working at our jobs and pursuing our hobbies and, and such a humble answer, Lizanne. But I have <laughs> to say, I will say that for you. I think that like Marine spouses and being an infantry spouse, especially, you know, you're right. Everybody does sacrifice. Everybody, this is a tough life for everybody, but I just have to say seven deployments and, um, and you just recently PCS, like it was a, you told me it was a spontaneous kind of quick turnaround of events. Um, and so I know that there's a lot of people listening who've been through that as well. And so it's, it's a tough lifestyle. For sure. And I think this last PCS, for example, taught us that, you know, there's always something new. I thought I understood PCSing. I had literally given a presentation about it a month or so earlier where I said, well, now that we have four kids, we'll probably never move ourselves again. You know, we just have so much stuff. And lo and behold, the military gave us surprise orders that completely changed our summer and we moved ourselves, our whole family, within a two-week period. Never had to do that before. Never even knew that was a thing before. And so it's just an, always a new challenge, a new experience, and um, you never quite know what to expect. Well, I am impressed, and um, and I can tell, like, you're, like, pretty much set up. At least it looks like you – I don't know if you arranged it for today or if you've no, just been working really hard. books back there, and that's always one of the first things he sets up. His, his library is kind of his pride and joy, so – that's awesome. Well, I am so glad that you um, cared enough about this topic and cared enough about military spouses to to say that there's a that there's room for helping people have the right resources that they need for deployment, um, and that you're passionate enough to deliver that. And so I'm so happy that you're going to be talking with me about that. Seven deployments is a lot, um, and you know I would say right now. I don't know what the average is, but I will say it's more common than ever that a lot of our families are going through anywhere between five and 10 deployments because we've not had a break from war, right? Like the, the most senior spouses may look back, you know, those that are in 20, 30 years career service, you know, can look back over their lives and say there was, there was a time when there really wasn't war, where there really wasn't deployments. And I would say that our current generation does not know what that's like. It's just deployments and high tempos and a lot, a lot going on. Yeah. My husband joined right before September 11th and um, his first deployments were to Iraq and they were all back to back for a few years there. And, um, I think for a lot of us, that was just normal. Um, Army, Marine Corps, I mean, all the branches were deploying then, and it was just, it was nonstop for a few years, and that's when we were married and having kids and just trying to set up our lives. So that's what we got used to for military life, and I think some people coming into it now that might not deploy for a few years or might have a little bit more space in between, deployment comes as a little bit more of a surprise or a unexpected burden that, you know, maybe because of their spouse's career field, they didn't expect a deployment or they didn't think that that unit was deploying and then suddenly they are. Um, so it's a lot to handle and it's a lot to deal with. So let me ask this, by the way, because you, um, your website is The Seasoned Spouse, and I know that's where people will find you on Twitter. You're also known as The Seasoned Spouse on Twitter. So where did the name come from? Um, so it was something that I was playing with and 
when I first started my blog a few years ago, I had been a spouse for about nine years, which is, I had a little hesitancy calling myself seasoned. That's kind of a military term that you hear older um, leadership throw around. They're like, where are the seasoned spouses in the unit who have been through PCS moves before or have been through deployments before? And at that point in our lives, like I said, we dated for seven years when he was first starting his military career, and it just took us forever to get married because of those deployments and because of the Iraq war and everything. So I had been around through quite a bit, and people started coming to me with questions and asking for advice, and they're like, oh my gosh, you've lived overseas. Oh my goodness, you've been through a few deployments before. Tell me how I'm going to do this. And I was like, well, Sure, but lots of people know how to do that, right? And they were like, no, I don't know anyone else who's done that. So I figured that there was a place for having a, a seasoned voice that could share advice and encouragement with newer spouses. And um, I figured that it was a name and a brand that I would grow into over time. I didn't quite feel seasoned when I started. Um, but I'm starting to feel more and more seasoned by the year. So. Especially after this PCS, right? <laughs> right. It's just like one more, one more notch to throw up there. So it's, um, it's a name that I'm proud of, but it's also something that I think we all have experience and skills and leadership that we can share. And so part of my site is gathering deployment stories from other seasoned spouses. I'm not the only seasoned spouse out there. And I really like to share perspectives and experience from lots of different military spouses in different branches and different types of deployments so that people can get a very well-rounded view of what they might be able to expect. Well, I like the name in particular because um, like you, there was there's lots of names that are thrown around for those, what we would call our elders, right? Those that have more experience. And so- I don't want to be an elder. Right, right. well, we call like those that we look up to that would mentor us. And so sometimes we call senior wives or senior spouses, that sort of thing. And so I, I loved that. I love that term seasoned because it doesn't necessarily, it just means that you, you know and you've been around the block a little bit and you have something to offer. And I think one of the things that I've experienced in the last year or two as I've really studied the culture and really had a lot of conversations conversations with people is that I'll, I'll put you and I together in this like one generation, right? But our generation of military spouses um, are more seasoned than we give ourselves credit for because, and I think that's because we've been in these back-to-back deployments and these high tempos um, or fast-paced tempos, and we've experienced more than, it's normal to us. It's our everyday experience. We don't know anything different. Kind of the way that you described when you guys came in, 9-11 happened, and it hasn't slowed down since then, really. And so this is just your normal life. And so I think there's so many listening out there that are more seasoned than they realize. And one of the things that I've been trying to encourage this generation our generation who's not, you know, brand new to the military, that if you've experienced even two deployments, you're more seasoned, you have more, more to offer the community than you think you realize. Would you agree? For sure. And I think that's what I started realizing. Like I said, when we got to that fourth duty station, we were coming back from living overseas and I had been in you know, overseas mode for a few years where everybody was going through challenges and everyone was figuring things out on their own and learning a new language and stuff. So I didn't think I had done anything you know, overwhelmingly special. And then I got to this duty station where a lot of people, this was their first place they had lived and 
um, out here in California, a lot of spouses maybe met their service member in California. So they've never even done a PCS move. This is their first duty station and their first assignment. And um, because I was meeting younger families, I realized that no one was really stepping up to hold their hand and lead them as they were new to a unit or going through a first deployment. And um, I think when we were doing more of those back-to-back combat deployments, we did have more resources and the FRG or the FRO or the ombudsman was kind of supporting families and offering a lot of free resources and support. And now as we're entering into more non-combat deployments, a lot of the budgets have been cut, some of that support has been taken away. And so people are left floundering a little bit, trying to sort this all out and figure it out on their own. And I, I didn't think that that was right. And I think that there is a void that we can't just wait for government programs to fill or for you know the FRG program or the FRO program to fill. Sometimes we need to step up and do it ourselves. So the more seasoned spouses that speak up and share their experience and kindly share their wisdom, I think the more that that will do to enhance the military community overall. So before we get actually into this whole conversation on deployment, um, just to kind of, I relate so much to what you just said. And I know at our first duty station, um, in our first deployment, it was another seasoned spouse that actually said to me how beneficial it is to actually get involved where you can. And that was during that season where there was a lot more support and funding and programming and all of that. But one of the things that she said that really still drives a lot of what I do today is, um, and I wish I could say it in her, the exact way that she said it and her Southern draw accent too, but she basically said, if you don't like the way that something is going, if you don't like the way somebody else is running it, or if you, if you don't like the way something is being handled, then get be a, become a part of it and be part of the change. In other words, be part of making something better. Don't just sit back and complain about it. So instead of sitting there and going, I wish that there was programming, or I wish that there was a way, or I wish that they were helping us. Um, it's people like you, Lizanne, who are stepping up and going, you know what, I see a gap, I see a void, I see a need, and I have more to offer than I even realize, especially when I see other people asking questions that inside I feel like I have the answer to, or at least have some wisdom to share. So I'm so excited about what you're doing with the Masterclass, and so why don't we dive in and talk it a little bit about... Um, why deployment? Why did you feel like that was where you wanted to start it, Start with developing a masterclass? And then absolutely feel free to talk about the masterclass itself and what you're hoping it will do for other military families. Sure. So I, I chose deployment partly because when I started writing my blog, my husband was deploying again. So in the last few years at our last duty station, he did two, um, not necessarily back-to-back deployments, but two deployments in three years. And we knew that and it was expected. And to me, they weren't really a big deal because they were his first non-combat deployments. So I was kind of laid back about it. But for a lot of spouses in our unit, this was their first experience. Or maybe even if they had been through deployments before, it was their first time with kids or their first time living far from family or their first time with any other challenge that you can think of that you didn't face in a previous deployment and now they were having to deal with that. And so I realized that part of the challenge of deployment, so much of it is emotional and psychological, that it's just this kind of big, bad unknown. And 
And it's scary. I mean, like I said, no matter how many you've been through or what your spouse's job is, whether or not you're actually afraid for their safety, deployments are still this huge intimidating thing that really affects your life for a long period of time. And so I thought that I don't have all the answers. I can't tell everyone exactly how to get through every single deployment, but I can at least offer some encouragement and I can at least offer you know, a listening ear and also kind of that shoulder to cry on the, and say, you know, I've been there too. We've had bad days I've been through tons of challenges and I have not always handled them in the most pretty manner. So it's okay to have those bad days and have those challenges and you're going to get through it. I got through it. All these other people got through it. And I think the more that people hear that, the more confident they feel in themselves and they say, you know what, I can handle this deployment and here's how I'm going to do it. So my approach to handling deployment, I kind of have created a three pronged um, deployment masterclass and people can participate in one, two or three of the different options, depending on what seems to be most helpful to them. So the first thing I created was a free Facebook support group basically. And it now has 900 spouses from all over the country, all different branches, lots of National Guard and people who are not quite connected to an actual unit. They're not getting support from a base or a, a post or a, you know, a, a central location. They're coming to this group and they're asking their questions of, where do I find this? Is there a good place to do this? What about my toddler? This is their first time. Where are the other toddler moms out there? And it has just been an extremely encouraging and supportive and helpful group. There's questions going up every day, and I do carefully moderate it to make sure that it's all military spouses and all of the, the drama is maintained and there's no negativity in the group because that's really important to me that it's a supportive environment. But that group has been going on since... March and it has just grown tremendously and I'm hearing wonderful feedback from people that that's their favorite group on Facebook during a deployment and now some of the people who initially started with us are reaching the end of their first deployment and I wasn't sure at first how I'd feel about posting homecoming photos and videos for you know a group of people who are facing an upcoming deployment but so many of them instead of bragging or anything like that have just been like guys, you can do this. You know, we got through this and I have so much encouragement for all of you. And I just want to let you know, you're going to get there too. And that has been, I think, just a tremendous resource. And so that's free for anyone. They can find the links to it through my website. Um, and it's just a resource that I want to offer the military community to help them help each other. But beyond that, um, I think sometimes we get intimidated by kind of the nuts and bolts of deployment and especially when you're facing a long one or one that's coming up quickly that you haven't had a lot of time to plan for you have all these questions about you know what are the things that I absolutely need to do to prepare and do we need a budget and do I need emergency forms and what would happen to my kids if something happens to me you know you have all these what-if scenarios going through your head so I created a deployment guide which is a 28 page downloadable printable guide. People can reuse it, they can put it in a binder, they can write on it, do whatever they want to personalize it and put in the information that's relevant for their unit, for their deployment. 
And it covers a huge variety of things. The first section is kind of on those emergency nuts and bolts preparation that you need for deployment. But the middle sections are a lot of brainstorming and lists and um, encouragement for things like making a bucket list of fun things to do during deployment and Bible verses to encourage you and how to do some meal planning and exercise routines during deployment. So it's just um, a fun kind of journal, but I'm calling it a guide. And it's, it's just to be personalized and used in whatever way is going to be most helpful. And I think the more that people feel organized and prepared and have everything together in one place, the more confident they're going to feel. So when the washer breaks or the kids get sick or whatever is going to happen, that happens, right? (laughs) Every time, right? That when that comes up, you know, I can't have a page on here's the day your washer is going to break, but I can have a page on like, did you write down a phone number for a handyman to call? Or do you have a friend that's home during the days that you could, you know, call to watch the kids in an emergency, that type of a thing. So that's all in there. And the more I think that people prepare ahead of time, the more they're just going to be able to take a breath and say, okay, I'm going to handle this one today and let's see how we're going to do it because I've had to do that so many times. And the more phone numbers that you have, the more preparation you have, the better it's going to feel. And so you have a third one. You have a third prong to this. Yes. So the third part is the actual deployment masterclass. And that's what I'm currently creating and building. And that's what, Corey, I was honored to have you as a guest speaker. And we've compiled a video a few weeks ago that I'm editing and preparing. And so the deployment masterclass is a collection of video interviews from a variety of military spouses, seasoned spouses, if you will. And they're talking about some of those deeper deployment topics because it's one thing to have a guide of, you know, here's a friend I'm gonna call on a bad day. But I realized that there's a lot of, um, I think emotional insecurity that goes Mm -hmm. into deployment. A lot of second guessing, a lot of doubting, Starting in the period before deployment, because sometimes there can be a lot of tension and frustration in your relationship with your military spouse, and people want to know, is that normal? You know, is it, is this part of deployment, or is my spouse really having marital issues, and are we, are we okay? And that continues, I think, all through deployment. There's these different challenges that come up with communication, with kids, um, there's a lot of times that half the questions that we get on the Facebook page, it seems like people are asking, is this normal? Is this okay? And they want to know what what's normal for deployment. And so I felt like it was important to talk to people in these videos that would give a little bit deeper, more sincere answers and get into some of the parts of deployment that we don't always talk about that are glossed over and the answers that, you know, when people are really feeling down and frustrated, usually the pat answer is just keep busy. Everything's going to be fine. Just keep busy. Do you like that answer, by the way? I don't. <laughs> I don't either. I really, and I, every time I've heard it, I've just kind of cringed a little bit, but I've never wanted to say anything to anybody because maybe there was a part of me that was going, well, maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe, you know, I know I've experienced staying busy to a certain degree during a deployment and seeing how, you know, I know that what they're trying to say is don't have tons of idle time where you're just sitting around waiting for your, your service member to come back. And I understand that. But there's another part of me that feels like that that's that can be an unhealthy answer. I agree. And 
and for the same thing, I think that when you're giving a short Facebook response, it's an okay answer. But when you're actually trying to help someone to take a step forward and make a difference in their life, when they're telling you, this isn't working, you know, we're only one month into a deployment and this is not working for me and I've got a long stretch ahead, what do I do? They're asking for help and giving, I think, you know, a one or two sentence answer like that does not actually help people. So I did a whole interview with Judy Davis, who I know you know, mm-hmm. and um, she talked about that exact issue of what do we actually mean when we say keep busy during deployment and what are some better ways to handle yourself or to to get out of depression and get out of um idle time during a deployment and she had some really great insight so all of my guests have spoken on these more serious more sincere topics and have given amazing feedback i'm just so impressed by some of their viewpoints and their perspective and what they've learned over the years and i'm really happy to be able to share that with our viewers so I'm so excited about this masterclass coming out. I think that you're right. I think that it's um, definitely filling a need that is out there. Um, when you when you do a search on deployment or struggles with deployment, I mean there is content as far as written content, but there's not a lot of content, or at least there hasn't been hasn't been before this, a lot of content that takes care of these different layers that I think that you're addressing. Because um, you're right, there are those nuts and bolts, basic things that give us a, a kind of peace of mind that I have the information and I have my life organized. But you're right, then there comes all of the insecurity. Um, there comes a lot of the deeper issues, the deeper questions about your marriage, um, about your own confidence and your ability to get through things, what I've been lately wanting to call grit and where that comes from too. Like those, those are those deeper questions. So I'm so glad that you're doing that and you're going to be offering it soon. And, and probably by the time this comes out, you should be launching it for sure. So do you have a date yet set? Well, it was supposed to be in August and then we suddenly had to move. Um, So I did need to push it back a little bit, but I'm still planning to launch by the end of August. I just have to work out some technical. So that would be August of 2018, just in case somebody is like in 2019, just now listening to this interview. (laughs) Just in case. This month, um, I'm planning to tie all the ends together. People can already sign up for the masterclass, and at that point, they will have access to the free Facebook group I mentioned, and they receive the deployment guide as kind of your your workbook or your notebook for the masterclass. So those options are both available immediately. It's just this portion with the videos that I need to do some more editing and, and pull everything together. So I anticipate by the end of August 2018 that we will have a fully ready deployment masterclass. Awesome. So exciting. So I, I actually want to ask you, um, you know, you talked earlier about having some of the younger spouses, um, the newer spouses, they may not always be younger, but the newer spouses coming in that maybe um, had a little bit of that insecurity, their first deployment. What would you say are some of the most frequently asked questions that you get um, when they're going into a deployment and they're asking for mentoring? So a lot of them are in the pre-deployment stage, which I can relate to because I also have a tremendous amount of girlfriends and fiancés in the group. And I have a a special affinity for them because I was a girlfriend for seven years, which was his first three deployments, I think. Um, So I went through his first combat deployments to Iraq 
kind of alone and I was at college and I didn't have any connection to his military unit. I didn't even know that there was email lists. Um, he might've known, but he just didn't even think to put me on them. So it wasn't like I was purposely excluded. It's just that the support didn't exist. And I remember doing Google searches and I'd find websites for military spouses, but I was very aware that I was not a spouse yet. And I didn't know if I was welcomed in the community or not. And so I've always made an extra effort to be very welcoming of younger girlfriends, fiancés at any stage, no matter whether or not you're married to your service member, you're going to miss them during a deployment and you're going to struggle. So I do see a lot of questions from that time when they first learn about a deployment, kind of just the overwhelming, oh my gosh, what do we do? Sometimes it's practical questions of like, should he take a phone? Should he not? What apps do we use to communicate? Um, but other times it's just the emotional overwhelm of we've never been apart. How are we going to do this? I need to talk to someone else who has been through it before. And then as we go through deployment, we do see a lot of questions about um, communication. And in this technical age, um, I think there's some pros and cons of all of our communication options. And so sometimes during deployments, people have video availability regularly, which is really cool. That was not our experience the first few deployments. And we did finally get to experience on that on his most recent deployment. It was totally different. And it's just, it has its own benefits, but it can also bring its own frustrations of needing to be in constant communication and then worrying about them when they don't check in and all of these other things that back in the day when I only got one phone call a month, I mean, that sounds horrible now but that was normal and that's what everyone was going through and there was really nothing that you could do about it and you could worry but worrying didn't help anything so we just kind of went through it and now I think with more phone calls and emails and videos there's more opportunities to read into things or to worry about the service member sure, or think about that or to think that the service member is not the same and they're disconnecting and they're not acting interested and, and all these types of things, which I think for the most part, I can't answer for everyone's marriage, but for the most part, those are all a normal part of deployment. When the service member is in the zone and, and in deployment mode, they might not talk to their spouse and their family members the same way and they might not want to. And I, I do see a lot of frustration with that. People asking, you know, what does this mean? Is this normal? What should I do about it? And um, as a group, you know, we can kind of share collective experiences. We can't, like I said, give marital advice or solve anyone's problems per se, but we can kind of tell them, you know, that's what happened with us. And I think that happens a lot. And here's some ways to get through it. <laughs> So I think you're right. You, you made a comment about your Facebook group and how many people are seeking out um, those deeper questions. Um, and don't you think that a lot of this, a lot of the support that we need to offer each other is a lot about you're going to be okay. Like, don't you feel like deep down inside, whether it is the washer that's falling apart or whether it's um, how are we going to get through the lack of connectivity or, or conversations or um, what we would normally do as a couple, that it's just this underlying question of, are, are my kids even, are we going to be okay? Yes. I think that is a huge part of what people are looking for is just, they kind of want to see the light at the end of the tunnel. They want to see someone who has been through a similar situation 
And that's why I've worked so hard to collect all branches and people from all over the country, because I can't speak to a National Guard deployment. I haven't personally been through that. But in the group, there are tons of National Guard spouses who can say, hey, we live three miles from the closest military, or sorry, three hours. Mm -hmm. Three miles. (laughs) Three miles would be nice. But people who are like, hey, we are hours from any military base, any other family, any unit event. And here's how we've gotten through it. And then we've got spouses that have been through combat tours and they can say, you know what? Yes, I worried. Yes, it was stressful, but he came home and it's gonna be okay. And then you've got people with kids of all different ages who can say, yeah, those tantrums and those not sleeping times and the kids talking back, those were all really rough, but you know what? It's gonna be okay. There's more to come from this conversation on the Life Giver podcast. Join me next week for another episode that will surely breathe life into your service family. If you're enjoying these conversations as being free of advertising or sponsorship, please help me by spreading the word to other military and first responder families that might benefit from the show. If you'd like to find out more about me or LifeGiver, you can find more information at www.coryweathers.com or life-giver.org.